0: Welcome, everyone, to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Pierre, and joining me, as always, is Tara.
1: Greetings, citizens.
0: And I'll let you know right now, if I if I could do a walk-in impression, I would have introduced the show in my walk-in impression, but unfortunately, I Lucky, cannot.
1: Luckily for our audience, <laughs> neither of us can do a walk-in I know.
0: impression. <laughs> the one
1: celebrity everybody does. Yeah, I, would, I do I, Arnold all right.
0: Yeah, i don't think i do arnold well i think i yell enough no. in an arnoldy way that people know at least what i'm trying to do so it works people know that i'm trying to do arnold whereas most <laughs> impressions i try to do don't work at all and no one you even only knows. have one
1: impression and it's john hammond from jurassic park
0: hello john hello john hello john spared Nailed no expense it. yeah it's, it's, it's a, i mean it's not like i'm cheating or and just being from scotland but uh <laughs> welcome to the atomic cinema experiment this is our science fiction movie podcast we get together we've watched the movie we talk about it it's really that simple and today's episode is another patreon vote winner uh, this was the the december vote which was i think it was 480s movies and the winner was 1983's the dead zone based on the stephen king book directed by david cronenberg so we did a branding cronenberg movie not too long ago and now we're going back to his old man for one of his uh, sort of and his prime type films uh starring christopher walken of course uh, hence all the christopher walken talk um and something and we'll start spoiler for you, of course, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers. I'll give the premise in a second. But I just I had I I, I was confused a couple so I'd never seen this before. This was a, a first time watch for me. You'd seen this but a long time ago, I think.
1: Um I hadn't seen it since maybe early teens, but mm-hmm. I had seen it multiple times.
0: So several decades. Uh so that's, <laughs> <I'm a bitch>. <laughs> <laughs> So I had a thought, I had a thought about five, ten minutes in. Uh, and it kind of it almost retroactively became a joke to make fun of Tara with. <laughs> because 10 minutes said, I was convinced Karen Allen was in this movie. and I started chuckling to myself because I I, I, was like, I didn't think I saw her name in the credits. And I went and checked. And it's not. The actress is Brooke Adams. And then I started laughing hysterically because if those of you who have not been around for a while that you've forgotten, <laughs> but Tara once upon a time thought Karen Allen and uh, Margot, Margot Kidder, Kidder were the same person. And that Margot Margaret. I, Kedar- I still
1: think. And you know what? I was talking to my dad, and he also mistook the same actresses for each other. So I guess it's genetic.
0: I guess it's genetic. Okay, that passed on.
1: I inherited his inability to distinguish these two actresses.
0: So yeah, you you thought Margaret Ketterer? That's because famously we. I mean, I don't know if this was on air. or This was just something we told everyone about after the fact. But you you were convinced. That Margot Kidder was in Raiders of the Lost Ark and I'm like what yeah. are you talking about Tara you crazy woman <laughs> she's nowhere near that movie um, but I, I want to propose to you because this, this makes it more complicated now that we've got a third on the table I think Brooke Adams the the, the female lead in this film uh-huh. looks and sounds so much like uh, Karen Allen that Margot Kidder is like out of the picture like these two could be twin sisters
1: oh yeah um, she definitely looks a lot like her I actually just randomly I watched another movie with her in it over the weekend, I watched uh, a Terrence Malick movie called uh, *Days of Heaven*, where she starred in it. So I was like, "Oh, it's this actress that <laughs> I I saw for probably the first time where I noticed her." Mm. Um, just like a week before.
0: Which yeah, is she...
1: interesting. But yeah, you're right. They do look
0: identical. She's so Karen Allen. It, it was blowing my mind, and then I mm-hmm. remembered your Margot Kidder thing, and I just started laughing. That oh, there's a third. There's yeah. another.
1: <laughs> this is my. Um, Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard. I think those two are the two that get mixed up, or...
0: I've heard this. I've never really felt that. uh... I've never
1: had that issue either.
0: Yeah. There was a time when neither of them were super well-known where I thought Isla Fisher and Amy Adams were the same person, but after a while, Amy Adams' career took off and Isla Fisher disappeared, so it became quite easy to...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I never had that issue
0: (laughs) either. Yes. Um, and I'm sure there's a couple other ones, but... uh... I mean, I don't confuse them, but people do say that uh, Logan Marshall Green does look a lot like Tom Hardy, and he does. But the right facial hair, they do look very like they look like they're brothers. But mm-hmm. uh, I never confused them for each other. I mean, it's not that hard to tell usually. But uh, I genuinely thought this was not uh, Karen Allen for oh, I almost said Nancy Allen, <laughs> not Nancy Allen. Uh, but <laughs> we I genuinely in a
1: fourth. Why not?
0: Yeah. I genuinely thought this was Karen Allen for a good couple of minutes until I checked and went oh it's not but because of that every like every time she popped up in the movie every time I looked at her I'm like she's almost like Karen Allen like she smiles her voice like all of it it's Karen Allen like honestly yeah. this is the sort of thing where after Raiders when she wasn't coming back for the second one and admittedly it was a prequel template of them so I, didn't, I don't know if they even wanted her back but
1: well they had history except she yeah. was like supposed to be a lot younger I
0: think yeah. So I was like, you can't just call Brooke Adams. This is like the best recasting opportunity you've ever been presented with. No one would even notice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, so the premise of the Dead Zone based on the Stephen King book, and there's a lot of Stephen King things in this, you know, the Castle Rock killer, for example, I was chuckling at when it came up. Uh, oh, I think so, they're in Castle Rock. Yeah, they're in Castle Rock. But that's but the killer that's going around uh, in the middle of the movies. Uh, the Castle Rock <laughs> killer. Not a very inventive name, but the press. I mean, really, just the name of the town. With the word "killer" at the end, good job, guys. Uh, there's a lot like stars. That you, Tom Scarret's in the role as the sheriff. You got Martin Sheen later on in the film. So those those faces that you recognize throughout. Um, but this is a, a story about a man who's in an accident, a car accident. Uh, Christopher Walken uh, is in a coma. Wakes up five years later. Uh, the love of his life has moved on and had had a kid with a, another man. She's married, and whenever he touches someone, he gets a psychic vision. Um, and it seems to vary between, you know, something that's happening right now, something that happened in someone's past, something that happened in someone's future. Regardless, though, there's always a purpose to it. There's always something that can be done or important information that's relevant. You know, so even when it's in the past, it's like, oh, there's a piece of information that the person who he's touched will benefit from hearing. If, if you know, so there's always something. So uh, but that's the basic premise. And the, the film kind of explores a different, a few different avenues as to how this could be used and like what he makes of it and what his life is like um so uh, that's that's the general gist of it we'll keep it spoiler free like i said we'll go into spoilers uh when we warn you but uh, we'll get our general impressions and all that out of the way first so tara what did you think of the dead zone
1: i like it i mean i liked it a lot when i watched it when i was younger um and i still like it now i i nothing was really a surprise to me except when Cronenberg's name came up. I guess I never realised it was a Cronenberg film. I, and, I didn't
0: uh, know this at some point, but I'd forgotten it when I sat down to watch it because when his name came up at the end of the yeah. I was like, or not even the end, it was, like, it was near the start like a David Cronenberg film. I went, oh yeah, yeah
1: Cronenberg. At the end of the credit, opening credits. yeah, like, oh yeah. And then, uh, and surprisingly for the amount of death that is in the film, we don't really see very much which is yeah. a little bit disappointing
0: <laughs> yeah that this isn't super cronenbergian no <laughs> to use a term uh <laughs> that this is it feels kind of like he'd, he'd gotten successful he didn't like shivers and he done Rabbit. he had done all these films in the 70s mm-hmm. he was getting to the 80s he'd done like scanners at the start of the decade and i think maybe a couple hours you know he's like l-
1: dipping films. his toe into something mainstream yeah that the public would you know, except yeah Steve,
0: Stephen king adaptation he was trying to do something a bit more normalized and it's it's not like it's definitely a movie with ideas and stuff but it's not body horror cronenberg no.
1: <laughs> for the amount of death that is depicted in the film like there really is not like nobody's melting
0: <laughs> yeah it, it feels He's,
1: even his accident like you don't see anything
0: nah it feels more like a
1: it's like a thriller
0: yeah it's a sci-fi thriller it's, it's kind of a like a good solid, like, length, feature length episode of Twilight Zone, and that's because mm-hmm. the word zones in the title, uh, because it actually it just is
1: very Twilight Zone,
0: yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I like the movie as well. I wasn't sure what to make of it early on. It has a very interesting flow and structure because it, it kind of like you know, like, Brooke Adams' character, the love interest, like, she's a big part of the opening, like, 10 minutes, and then obviously once he wakes up, but. Then after that, she kind of disappears for long stretches, and it, the plot almost becomes about the serial killer. And then in the last act, the plot really becomes more about something else, which I won't even spoil. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll save that. But uh, it kind of goes through these phases of different things that are all relevant to what he's going through. But um, it's a very interesting. Th- I mean, don't get me wrong though. I do think the ultimate th- choice he has to make towards the end of the film is kind of the most interesting part. And I, I, I kind of think that. Uh, cause I, cause I was wondering. Okay, where's this going? Like I have, you know, I got to about you know halfway, hour into the movie, and I was like, okay, I'm like, you know, this is generally good. Walking's been walking, and like these are these are interesting <laughs> situations he's getting put in. But I'm like, what is the? I don't know where it's going. Where, where's the yeah. point of this? That's going? interesting.
1: I was wondering uh, for someone with it's a first time watch if you would find it predictable or not.
0: And uh, no, not at all. Um, I mean, certainly not before there's like a moment where it sort of propels everything into that final. Part mm-hmm. of the story um i knew a character that was introduced late on was going to be important because they made a big deal of introducing them but i didn't yeah necessarily know in what way and then it became kind of a kind of a, a normal question people talk about when they talk about a, a, a theoretical idea i, won't, I don't want to even say what it is but uh mm-hmm. you'll know what we're talking about when we get there um but yeah you know, the ending is really strong um and you know it brings in questions of like you know why did he get this power because there's no real answer uh, there's speculation that you know that god's gave him this powers to do something specific or and if it is, is the case then maybe what he does by the end is kind of the reason why he ever had it in the first place it was specifically for this uh mm-hmm. as opposed to all the little things along the way but uh no walking's good uh, i will say at the start of the movie you know pre-accident uh five years in the past so i presume this is i mean i would never give you a year i don't think i just assume it's like 1978 i guess since it's mm-hmm. five years ago um for some reason, Christopher Walken has this really weird haircut, and it looks like he's cos. He's super dorky. Joey, no, Joey, it looks like he looks like he's cosplaying as Harry Potter. He,
1: he yeah he's got like the the sweater. He's an English professor in the beginning of the film. Yes. Before the accident, he loses his job after being in a coma for five years. It's understandable. standable? I mean, yeah. I don't it's know. A if small that's... town. They probably had to find another professor pretty quick.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I yeah I don't know if I describe. Uh, we have to find someone new because the teacher's in a coma. as him you know losing his job. It's, it's more like, no, he's just unable to come in, really. Right? They just we got ha-
1: the, yeah, they got the <laughs> adjunct professor to come in and then they just hired him full time. Like, it looks like he's not waking up. So,
0: yeah. uh, Is, is professor the right term? Because it, like yeah. yeah, it was like middle school. Kids. Yeah, it was a middle school kids. Yeah, it's the last term yeah. I used for uh, school. So. Sure, sure. Because <laughs> they're like, you know, like nine or ten or something. Like I don't know what age they are. Um, yeah, I
1: guess <clears> teacher. I mean, I. I think you can call a teacher professor. Before I, mean, I th- college, can't you?
0: <laughs> Isn't professor like a like a title though that you gain depending maybe. on your level of I don't education? Know these things. I don't know either. <laughs> I've never called. I've never called that like a teacher from like a normal school a professor. But I mean, uh, it's not impossible, I guess. So. Uh,
1: I guess uh, maybe maybe if I was in this the circuit, I
0: would know. <laughs> I'm sure people will tell us in the comments. <laughs> They'll be like, How are you two such idiots? I
1: mean, I went to school.
0: <laughs> I, I did. Apparently we didn't learn much, but
1: <laughs> Well, I learned about my professor.
0: <laughs> we were we were, you know, school was a school was a school. Um anyway. <laughs> so yeah, um but it, I mean he's very Christopher Walken. It's, it's actually kind of interesting judging a Christopher Walken performance because he's got such an, an energy to him, just inherently. <laughs> That he almost overshadows any character he's going to play because he's Christopher Walken.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's kind of a choice of like, does that work or not? I think in this movie, it actually does kind of work because the character inherently, because people start to learn that this guy might have like some sort of psychic ability, that he, he you know, he's kind of quirky. You know, Christopher Walken inherently you know he's got the crazy because when he wakes up from the coma he has christopher walken here <laughs> yeah <laughs> to put it in like you know he has the proper sticky by up the end it's
1: even more spiky and fluffy yeah
0: uh, <laughs> he's he's going crazy um but it, it kind of fits his like sort of he's the odd one out mentality of the movie that he has christopher walken he's got uh, a
1: great jacket at the end also
0: sure <laughs> i had considered these, it's attire. got like
1: that vampire crest uh, oh he's got, he's
0: got the collar yeah he's, he's, the he's, collar uh, yeah yes he's a lone lone hero in the dark alleyway the dark knight if you will not the batman yeah, but that's a super suit yes <laughs> um but no it's, it's full of interesting situations uh and it's, it's solid directed even though if it's not the flashiest thing cronenberg has done and it doesn't feel like Cronenberg-y, and it just feels because i actually think the opening title sequence is like some of the best atmosphere in the movie like the way that the title that the, the like basically it's some black like shapes start to form on the screen and you realize that it's creating the title of the movie uh by sort of negative space it's like you know covering up parts mm-hmm. of the screen so eventually it says the dead zone and the, the image of the you know whatever it's like it's like shots of the town and stuff like that um well i think the music
1: really sets it up too
0: of course yeah the music's a big part of it and i did think it was weird though because the title actually comes up before all that as well like it comes because it starts it says a dio de la film the dead zone And then this opening title sequence starts playing and it slowly reveals it. It's like if an alien, you know how because an alien is the parts of the title slowly fade in? It'd be like Uh if an alien it says 20th Century Fox present alien and then they did the alien thing where it all started fading in bit by bit. I was like, you told me already. You told me it was alien. (laughs) So that was a bit weird. But I mean, it's a nitpick. It's a minor nitpick. It's just weird.
1: Yeah, I agree. We don't need the title twice in the
0: opening. Yeah. Sadly, the end of the world It doesn't affect the movie that much, but...
1: Not really. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah uh, it, it stuck out to me i guess
1: i do think it's a really entertaining movie though i mean i've watched it a few times now and even though i've taken such a break from it nothing was really surprising to me like this movie really stuck with me from when i watched it long ago
0: yeah it's weird that i kind of missed this one uh up until now it's just one of those things where it just never i never caught it on tv
1: i i think it played H. on tv a lot <laughs>
0: it probably did and I, I remember yeah. there being a TV show in the 2000s I never watched it but I remember it being a thing that existed
1: yeah that rings a bell um,
0: I I've believe it. it was Anthony Michael Hall in the walk and roll I believe
1: is that that's not Rusty from Vacation is it yes it is oh it is okay
0: it's, yeah yeah. also Breakfast Club that's the last thing people know I'm from
1: yeah I like Vacation <laughs>
0: It's, it's better the problem with vacation is though is that it, that kid changes actor like every movie almost because Christmas, yeah, Christmas Vacation
1: it's the guy from, uh,
0: Big, Bang from Theory. The Big Bang Theory yeah <laughs> but I think I had to make a holes in one of the other ones too because I always thought Christmas Vacation was the second
1: European Vacation I'm pretty yes. sure.
0: so European must have been second then because he must have left after he, unless they had him yeah. lost him and then brought him back which seems unlikely
1: <laughs> yeah it's that's the one everyone skipped because it's not very good
0: yes is Vegas good I've not seen the Vegas one. Vegas is no. the fourth one. No. So just the original and Christmas is the only ones you want to mess with.
1: I All saw right. Vegas vacation in theaters. It was uh trying to catch lightning in a bottle. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> it was no good.
0: Oh dear. oh dear. Oh dear. There's a lot of
1: Tom Jones. No, not Tom Jones. Uh a different uh singer. I can't remember.
0: A singer who's not Tom Jones
1: yeah tom
0: joe's adjacent though okay so yeah uh yeah i also want to talk about spoiler free is there anything else you would like to talk about because i feel like this movie keeps sort of like updating its plot as it goes there's not Mm -hmm. a lot of it i want to actually talk about uh, without a spoiler warning
1: right Uh, I think it's a fun premise. I think it's used really well. I've never read the book, so I don't Mm -hmm. know how faithful it is. Um, I did read in the trivia, though, that Stephen King wanted Bill Murray to play the lead character, which would have been a very different film. But I do think Walken is great in it.
0: I mean, if Bill Murray played it serious, that could have been an interesting take. In 83? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't trust
1: Stephen King to cast things.
0: No, not do I. I mean, Stephen King hates The Shining, and like
1: the shining is a perfect film
0: yeah I, I get that it's not your book but you know it's 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 a masterpiece so shut up steven full <laughs> <laughs> spoilers it's coming right up but before we get to that i will thank our patreon producers for the month so thank you to tyler hess cindy Palacios, david Sharp, born now al treisman christopher moy brett williams and david brown they're all our patrons at 20 dollars or more uh, but you can support us for much less than that katnatarra
1: that's right. Uh, if you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as little as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace, including some of our favorites from actors like David Carradine. Um, oh, yeah, Garrett Graham. Who I happen to have a picture of.
0: <laughs> you couldn't I thought you were gonna save that for Babylon Five. You couldn't wait. You have to whip out the photo of Garrick Room.
1: <laughs> and it's autographed. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it was what was missing from my room.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway. And if you donate five dollars mm-hmm. per month, you will get access to these reviews one day early. And some shows you get a week early. So please head over and check that out. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so thank you very much. You can also support us for free by simply simply hitting like and subscribe, comment that kind of things. We're at the mercy of the YouTube YouTube algorithm. I can't speak tonight. Uh, we're at its mercy. It's what deems success and failure.
1: <laughs> and this is the first time that we've been recording since we hit 10k, so that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, 10,000 subscribers. Thank you, everyone. Uh, yeah, you're wonderful people. Uh, <laughs> so hey. Um, but, yes, full spoilers for The Dead Zone from this point out. So, yeah, like I say, the movie starts. He's got his Harry Potter haircut. cut uh him, so and, dorky. <laughs> him and fellow teacher. And he's dead excited. I Actually, I thought it was there's a couple of really weird foreshadowing things in this. One is that he keeps bringing up uh Sleepy Hollow because he later goes on to be in a Sleepy Hollow movie. And mm-hmm. the other one being there's a lot of talk of Martin Sheen becoming president. And I'm like,
1: yeah. well, technically... <laughs>
0: The West Wing <laughs> did kind of, uh, you know, so this movie did prophesize things
1: mm-hmm.
0: in a weird way. So movie uh,
1: had its own version of clairvoyance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and hell, uh, the walking was even in a movie called movie called Prophecy. So there you go, they come full circle. Uh, so that <laughs> so the movie starts, and he's teaching. He's very excited about it. He loves his job. He seems to like helping people, and you know, sharing the love of literature and all that kind of stuff. He seems to really love it uh and seemingly loves loving him as uh, sarah a fellow teacher uh they joke about can we get fired for kissing in the halls is that is that appropriate and he takes her on a really windy day to a like a sort
1: amusement, of pier.
0: Park? amusement park yeah with that old wooden roller coaster and half and i guess this kind of implies that the power was coming anyway because he kind of gets this weird headache like halfway through
1: Yeah, so he maybe he already had some sort of prophecy thing. His mom kind of acts strange, so maybe she also has it, um, or I don't know. Like maybe Mm. maybe it's something inherited from her.
0: Uh, I like that idea because it explains kind of something with her later. If she also has this, but has never talked about it, or maybe doesn't even understand it, but she sees something. She just
1: gets feelings or something, but his is much Mm. more powerful, or. It's like that but also, you know, it happens on a roller coaster where they're halfway through and they're both having a great time and then he starts to get afraid like on the roller coaster or it seems to come off like he has a headache and then he um all, all of a sudden like the noises from the coaster like start to become a, a little bit unnerving. So when he gets off and she's like what's the matter? He's like I don't know they never used to bother me before. But so it's a little bit more of a like a fear of death also is coming in
0: yeah well i kind of t- because because daddy he takes her back to her place and she's like hey do you want to come in and it starts raining and he's like i, I better not and he says that a couple of times right because she even she makes it very explicit the second time she's like you can spend a night and so of looks at him, <laughs> him and he's like i better not and i'm like what are you doing karen allen wants to sleep with you why, why are you being weird <laughs> uh but or brooke adams yeah or brooke adams yes well that was intentional i was <laughs> I'll do it for the joke now uh, but he uh he says I better not and I kind of like in retrospect looking back at that scene even if he doesn't understand that I actually think that headache on the roller coaster was him actually having some kind of like maybe not seeing it in the way that he does later but feeling the premonition of the accident from later you know where, mm-hmm. he, where he crashes with the the big truck and I think the reason why he's saying I better not not and again not consciously he's not like, obviously thinking about this and knowing what's going to happen but if, if we're talking about the movie being some sort of destiny thing where ultimately he has to stop what he's going to stop in the third act, the idea being that he has to get hit, he has to go in the coma, he has to go through this path, even though he would love to go with her and just be or married he to her. Or if he feels
1: like he is... Like, there's something... Like, I think maybe I might be in danger. Like, I better mm. not be around the person I love.
0: Sure, sure, yeah, I can <laughs> see that, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Uh, or, or, even, or even something like... And again... Not consciously, but maybe he's like, oh, she's destined to be with someone else. She's destined to have mm-hmm. this kid. She's destined to do all that. Um, <laughs> although there's an interesting wrinkle in that later. Uh, well, where... he, he
1: says, you know, it, it's better to... Some things are worth waiting for,
0: which comes mm. back again. Which but... comes back in a really morally questionable scene, which we're supposed... Right. I think we're supposed to be cool with it because this is our main character and this is his love interest, but I couldn't help but go, eh, "Her husband, cannot." <laughs> of getting cheated on here right. for i mean you know and yeah okay it, it just
1: implied that they were waiting till marriage i'm like well that's all right that's a thing
0: sure if that's what they want to do it uh, sounds like his but, mom is but... super
1: religious so maybe that was just something instilled in him
0: no technically they did wait till marriage just not their marriage
1: <laughs> not breaking into <any> rules <laughs>
0: so <laughs> yeah um it, obviously he he you know he's in the accident he wakes up and he's like questioning why there's no bandages on his arms and that's because i've not seen it so i didn't know there'd been that much of a time jump and i went oh mm-hmm. it's because he's been there so long that all the wounds have healed like that's yeah. you know i wasn't necessarily expecting five years because uh, he, he doesn't notably notice that his uh parents look significantly older so i assume it can't be that long it's not like they've aged 15 20 years or anything like that yeah Uh, so it's like okay five years that sounds reasonable but it's enough time for the love of his life to sort of get over it expect him to never wake up go and marry someone else and have a kid right so it's this it's that fine line you got to find that sweet spot uh and you're writing so congratulations i guess i don't don't know what i'm saying here (laughs) except it's the perfect amount of time So good job uh and you know he's struggling he's very upset he can barely walk the, the 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 doctor's very you know honest with him it's going to be really painful you're not going to be in a wheelchair your whole life but he does seem to need a walking stick i mean maybe eventually he wouldn't need that either but for the rest of the film he is walking around with a limp he is uh never quite 100 percent but the big thing of course is that the nurse at one point uh touches his hand and he gets this flash of her daughter in a burning house and of course we find out pretty quickly that this is real and that his daughter or her daughter sorry has just survived and been saved by firemen Mm -hmm. over at this, this burning house and I think for a moment I was going to critique something here, and it kind of just, I sort of changed my mind as the movie went on, but I was kind of, I thought it was a bit strange at a glance that he seemed to completely understand what he was seeing at first. Like, he wasn't confused, he wasn't like, well, who am I seeing? But he knew it was her daughter, he knew this was happening right now, and I was like, and as the movie went on, and that, he always seemed to know things, the, you know, he, yeah. he, always had to, he always had sense of what he was looking at. It was never like a confusing image. He's like, you know, we've, we've seen that treated in other, you know, telep- telepathy, psychic stuff. Um, and I think that, that kind of ties into the idea that, that there's a meaning behind him getting these things. Like, he's supposed to know what he's looking at. He's supposed to understand because there's a purpose behind the message. Whether that's a right. God thing, whether that's something else, you yeah. know, we can theorize and debate, but... Uh, but um, but that's the first example of it and news of this spreads that um, he proves it to the doctor because the doctor touches his hand and he sees a vision from the doctor's past where he was fleeing Germany and his mother is like putting him in a car and he, he never saw his mother again he assumes she's dead but Walken's like no she's alive and he, I even know where she lives and he gets her, and the doctor gets the number and hears her voice but he, never, he doesn't talk to her because he believes it's not meant to be because like, he was because he was never going to find this out if it hadn't been for this divine intervention
1: right but i think is a, a an odd choice like he thinks that uh that walk is doing this to mess around with with destiny
0: well th- that's actually the thing because later on we'll get into the context of it but later on there's a character who's admittedly pretty evil on her own right but there's a character later on who says he's the devil or the mm-hmm. devil sent him and i was i actually thought at that point that oh this movie's going to go to a dark place cronenberg's going to go fill cronenberg by the third act and he's going we're, go, we're going to, he's going to turn into a villain i was yeah. expecting walken to become a villain by the end of the movie instead
1: of it being like a gift from god it's a gift from the devil yeah a curse from the devil
0: and but honestly at the end of the movie like i'm pretty sure he did the right thing you know relatively speaking <laughs> relatively speaking right yeah uh like it seems like you know he, he did stop something that unquestionably was something that was worth stopping, uh, regardless mm-hmm. of the extreme measures that he maybe had to go to do it, I don't, I don't know. Um, But the press got wind of the fire thing, so now he's on TV being interviewed, and this reporter's harassed him, and he's all, he's all jokey and stuff until he takes his hand and he starts t- talking about his sister and some weird thing that happened that no one's supposed <laughs> to know.
1: Right. He's
0: like, get away from me, you freak! But this is the scene that kills his mother, because her mo- his mother's watching this on TV, and she sees this, and now that you've suggested that maybe, because I never thought of this when I was watching it, but now that you've suggested that maybe she had something some something similar, or if not the same thing, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is the moment where she kind of saw where this was leading, that he was ultimately going to die. Because, I mean, you know, we're in spoilers, he dies at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, he dies doing the thing to save the world, basically. Um, I'm like, oh, this, she shouldn't take it and her heart just you know kind of gives out a sense yeah
1: i mean maybe because this is not a first time watch for me maybe i just noticed that more this time as i was able to look for it oh sure yeah Hmm. it also she just sort of acts a bit odd like there's something else going on maybe and in this world we know supernatural things can happen so that would make sense that they would be linked
0: no it does um Because I I just read the scene on my, you know, as I was watching it as, oh, her heart, because she's watching her son be exploited and she can't take it. Oh, my heart. Like, but honestly, you saying that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, thinking back to her scenes, I'm like, there's there's some, I mean, maybe she doesn't have the exact same strength of power. Like, she doesn't get images per se, but if she gets like a feeling, kind of like he Mm -hmm. did maybe at the start of the film, if we're speculating that he felt something before the crash on the roller coaster, but didn't understand it, didn't really comprehend what it was and uh, you
1: know he'd go into a coma for five years to concentrate it
0: yes <laughs> well you know or some
1: people like some people get brain damage and become like savants and all of a yeah. sudden have an incredible skill at something maybe it's something like that
0: uh, it fixed his hair though the, the coma <laughs> fixed his hair he, he came out with Christopher yes. Walken hair
1: and he went on a diet good for him awesome weight <laughs>
0: I do quite think it's quite technically a diet where you're just lying in a coma and not eating. Except from what they're <laughs> feeding you through a tube.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Uh, but the other big thing that happens while he's still in the hospital is that, of course, uh, Sarah comes to visit him. Because um, he finds out from his parents that she, you know, she's married. Uh, and she's with, and In fact, the mother refers to her as, like, she turned her back on you. She's with another yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: She abandoned you.
0: I I almost expect her just to go, that bitch.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right? But I mean, like, okay, because that's her baby boy. Yeah. Who's going to be hurt by this. But, like, what is the point or where is the line that you draw where you're like, well, I've waited a while. This person's giving me attention. And I don't know if he's going to wake up. (laughs) And we're not married.
0: Yeah yeah i just i I could have almost had a running gag here of like like i almost wanted her to run into her and just be like yell something at her like uh (laughs) hey sarah you slut and just walk away (laughs) just like what did that woman say to me (laughs) yeah Uh, but she comes in she's got a new haircut and they talk she still looks looks like nancy (laughs) christy allen christy allen (laughs) not nancy allen different person Uh, just
1: call her Brooke Adams
0: Brooke Adams yes Brooke Adams and then you
1: won't you won't mix up the Nancy and the Karen
0: true true I'll just say I'll just say Miss Uh, (laughs) Allen Miss (laughs) Allen no but yeah Brooke Adams shows up and because obviously she still wants to see him she still cares uh but this is such an awkward situation and it's hard not to feel impossibly sorry for him. It's hard not to just feel super yeah. sympathetic because...
1: I mean, for him, it's he says it's like, I just went to sleep and woke up and it's five years later. I'm still in love with you. Like, yeah.
0: Let, let, we still far...
1: like, said we were getting married yesterday.
0: Yeah, exa- yeah, that's what I was thinking. He literally said like, to him last night, he said, I'm going to marry you. That's what he said the night before. So, uh and she mentions she's got a son as well which was something that her the parents conveniently left that part out maybe not to give him too much of a blow at once like yeah yeah you know, maybe he's thinking ah, oh, i can maybe win her back from the husband Ah, oh, they've got a kid together Ah, oh, that makes it harder oh uh, a- yeah <laughs> <It's a> hard- <laughs> <laughs> i was going to stroll in there do my, you know uh <laughs> like kids talk- complicating things yeah i was going to go in there you know talk the talk walk the walking and when her back <laughs> the
1: walk-in. that's so stupid
0: <laughs> you're laughing I got a laugh <laughs> I thank you very much uh-huh. um, you're welcome take it back <laughs> never <laughs> uh, so and you know it's, it's kind of awkward and, it's kind of, and she you know she cries she breaks down in the car when she's driving away obviously this is a lot for her too and it is this impossible thing because it's not this new husband's fault that she had yeah. like an ex who fell into this situation and obviously she's conflicted because she, it's not like she—it's not—it's not like it's not like he cheated on her. It's not like they broke up nastily. It's like this was someone she cared about who was in an accident, and effectively in her mind, she'd sort of accepted as dead.
1: Yeah, he was gone. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so when she pops back up, when she intentionally comes to visit him when back when he's living with his dad after this, uh, son, no doubt uh, and comes in the son falls asleep eventually and he's nice to him you know he's he's like he's like he's good with kids he's a teacher this is what he does um and they have like a moment and i actually thought this was going to turn out to be like a dream or something because it was so like perfect for what like his fantasy because she's chilling and says the last time we were alone together you said you know you know good things come to those who wait or whatever Mm -hmm. uh things are worth the wait and i think we've waited long enough and i'm like was gonna and I, and so it, you and know, she it, starts it to ab-
1: unbutton her yeah. very tight <laughs> cardigan sweater
0: <laughs> and it cuts away okay so they're having a love scene they're having sex fine whatever but i was thinking okay so what she's breaking up with her husband or whatever but as he's walking her to the car he's like i'm gonna see you again and she's like i'm not like this and i'm like wait this was like a we, we had yeah. to consummate the, the thing but now it's done i'm like this I- is this was our unfinished business I kind of feel I I kind of feel bad for the husband. I, I I like it's hard to be rooting for you two in this context. All right.
1: I I do too. I'm sympathetic. Uh huh. But I don't hate it. Like it's such <laughs> a weird situation, you know. Like he was I mean, in a coma is, for but... five years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not to self. Don't trust anyone who's got an ex who's in a coma. <laughs> Uh, no, I just like it's, it's, hard. it's impossible it's like, for
1: it's me. It's like your dead, your your dead husband like coming back to life for one day. You're like, well
0: No, I gotta that, No, if I'm the new husband, I don't care how many dead husbands are coming back from the dead. No I'm not okay with any of it. Now admittedly later on he's campaigning for the uh, the politician who's inevitably going to nuke the planet So maybe he's a bit of a scumbag and maybe that makes me feel a bit better about it. Yes <laughs> But,
1: and somehow has recruited her into it as well.
0: Yes, yes, because they're campaigning for evil Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's much later, because we have the whole serial killer thing in the middle, because uh, it's actually... Yeah, because it's, he's on
1: TV, he gets noticed.
0: Yeah, because Tom Skerritt, right, from Alien, hit film. Uh, Dallas. Th- Dallas from Alien, yes. For a second there, I thought you were... Cor- you were Not correcting me, but you were added on, he was in Dallas, I'm like, was- oh no, you mean, that's his name. From Alien. <laughs> yeah. His name. Who's Dallas? Uh, he shows up as sheriff, and this is before the the love scene, because I think it's quite notable because he basically doesn't want anything to do with this. He doesn't want to help, um, because mm-hmm. because like, you know this has been a brutal serial killer who's been doing this for like almost his whole coma. Apparently, this has been going on for years while he's been asleep, and I think the sheriff has like no...
1: Three and a half years.
0: Yeah, he's no leads. He's like he's wits end He's it's a bit of a long shot, but maybe the the new psychic will be able to help solve this. He doesn't want to do with it, but it's not until after, like he he sort of like finishes his business, if we're putting it that way, with uh, Miss Allen, that he is like, you know what, I'm going to help. I'm going to try and do the right thing, and I'm going to help because we we do get the sense that not Alan. No, I meant that one. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that was a (laughs) joke. I don't know what's funnier: the fact that you keep thinking I'm not doing it intentionally, (laughs) correct me.
1: i know i knew you were doing it intentionally the last time this one legitimately sounded like a mistake just call her just call her adams brooke adams she's her own woman damn it
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't know they're interchangeable isn't it? <laughs> take one out put the other one in how dare
1: uh, you say that about women
0: not all women just these two <laughs> <laughs> right so (laughs) they so then he agrees and they go to a crime scene he touches some evidence it doesn't work and there's no indication that it should work because you know every time it's been a person's you know they they actually touch skin to skin it's like he's always holding someone's hand or something to that effect and he uh so there's another murder and it's like oh oh goody there's a new corpse to go and touch uh so that was a really bad sentence out of context i apologize <laughs> uh so they take him to the crime scene and he touches the hand and we get this extended he basically watches the victim's last few minutes
1: yeah this is interesting because um so much of this movie is very pg-13 except for the scene this yeah. is the one scene that we get that it feels very like like is explicit
0: I would say this scene and also the scene where they go to arrest the guy at his house is also pretty R-rated.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, so maybe just a 0 killer section in general is kind of it the... just
1: It's just odd because so much of the movie, like, first of all, you have Cronenberg behind the camera, but then also there's so much of this movie that has accidents and death or people in danger that you would think there would be more premonitions of death, you know? Mm-hmm. But it, it just seems odd. Like it seems like they were really careful to keep the movie PG thirteen. But then it's not we get lot. breast in this in this section, and then we get like yeah, um, the shot of what the what happens to the killer.
0: Yeah, there's this thing from the seventies and eighties. Uh, not, not that it died out completely afterwards, but it's especially notable in those eras where there seems to be this attitude of boobs doesn't matter the context, but boobs are good in movies, and it's like no context is important. <laughs> this is a this is a, he's already killed her. I think at this point, and he rips off her top. I mean, he's
1: he's punched her, but I think yeah. he's known for stabbing.
0: Yes, yeah, so he's he's got like a pair of scissors. It's like a surgical scissors that he likes to stab people with.
1: Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I don't I, I don't know if she's just unconscious at this point or if she's dead, but he definitely hits her where she gets her lights out.
0: Yeah, but I, I definitely get that attitude uh, from from. from and I'm not necessarily accusing Cronenberg of this, but there's a lot of sleazy movies from this time period where, like. Oh, we want some nudity. Oh, we'll throw in a rape scene. Well, that's not telling. <laughs> like, don't. No. That that does. If you want to have a sleazy scene, with like, do something stupid. Do a scene in the girls' locker room where they all just start pillow fighting or something. At least I At least it's genuine. At least your intentions are clear, and I understand yeah. what the point of the scene is. Do it. Do it in a sleazy rape scene. It just makes me think you're messed up. You might need to go to jail, director, because you clearly have something wrong in your head. Uh, anyway. um... Well, I'm seen that about Cronenberg, <laughs> but just general feeling, okay. Um, but it turns out to be the deputy, like it's the cop who's been with Tom Skerritt the whole time. Um, so That's we have this. That's to... able to
1: cover his tracks so well.
0: Yeah, exactly. But he goes to their house where it turns out his mum knew about it the whole time because like walking like touches her and she's like, "You knew," and she's like, "You're the devil. The devil sent you." And I'm like, "You're covering for your serial killer son. You know, pick that yourself, lady."
1: Mm-hmm. That he you? has his serial killer outfit oh he, that does, he has yeah. to change into
0: he does he's, he's got like a his outfit that he puts on and he he kills himself in like the most like wonderful little dark way possible he said st- the scissors that he uses to kill all other people he sort of props him up in this bottle and then like basically just shoves his own head onto them so yeah. we, we don't get to see the impact but we see him like almost doing it and then we find the dead body he's got these like scissors sticking up his like nose and mouth that's it's, it's, it's suitably nasty
1: yeah uh, i agree
0: yes uh the mom tries to shoot walking well she does she does shoot walking on his arm uh but scared there to save the day and yeah. kill her
1: so. and then just disappears i thought we would get more of him yeah oh.
0: well that's what i mean by sex because uh karen allen basically disappears from the movie um that was intentional my god woman just, <laughs> we we talked about this just call her brooke adams I don't remember Brick, I don't know who Brick Adams is! She's an impostor is what she is. This is just Karen Allen's way of getting like double jobs, she just pretends to be two different people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, Brick Adams just disappears as well, after after the love scene, we don't see her for ages because we, we have the whole serial killer plot, she's not around. Um, and even the start of the next section of the film, when you know Christopher Walken's moved on, he's got his own little place. He's teaching like privately, he's tutoring kids. Like, so he can't maybe h- control a whole class now with his injuries, but you know he, he can take a kid, give them special attention, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. He's got a um, nice house too. It's not bad. And you know, this rich guy <laughs> comes over to him and says, "Hey, my son's having trouble. I'd like you to you know tutor him." And you know he agrees, and he he the guy like gets him picked up, fancy you know gets a chauffeur to bring him to his big mansion to teach his like troubled son and you know walking's really good with the kid the kid opens up to him and they banter and they're they're, they're smelling and laughing and he seems to be doing quite well and he's um, bonding with
1: the father too he's kind of making a friend again yeah
0: yeah kind of uh and this is where we introduce martin sheen who's over he's, he's running for senate and he's over uh basically trying to get a you know a donator uh out of, uh, out of the rich dude and yeah. The registered dude basically admits afterwards, like, yeah, this is a scumbag. Register to vote and don't vote for him because he's, he's terrible. I'm not going <laughs> to piss him off because if he wins, I don't want to be, like, a target. So I'll, I'll be nice enough, but don't, I don't want him to win. <laughs> kind of attitude.
1: Right, which is setting up another scene where we see what Martin Jean does to his uh, opponents.
0: Yes. as Well, specifically, has a, it's just a reporter who's going to do right. an, It's like an editorial about him and who he is. And it's not pleasant. Uh, right. So he shows up with his like bodyguard gun in his like newspaper office and whips out some photos of this reporter with like a like a girl. We who...
1: assume a, a girl, yeah, a young girl. Yeah, <laughs> that's not his wife. We know it's not his
0: wife. Yes, but it turns out this this girl works for Martin Sheen, and this was all set up so they'd have leverage. And, like, did you know he was going to like say a bad thing about you? The newspaper? They just wanted to control the paper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he threatens him, and this is going to like quiet it all down. So this tells us that he's definitely a bad guy. It's not just one guy's opinion. We see him be a complete evil shit in this mm-hmm. scene. And he, he comes across smart. He's on TV. He's doing. He's yeah. He's very used car salesman. Yeah. Uh, why he, is uh, what is it about crappy politicians with hats? They all have like this <laughs> is a hard hat for something. He's like, I'm a working man's politician. That's right. Uh, he's he's
1: good to the working class and he's good for the rich. It's good for everybody. Yeah, that People was in the that... middle.
0: Uh... Yeah, there was a point where they're listing everyone that he's good for, everyone that he wants to support, and they just list everyone. It was like, he's good for the yeah. poor, for the rich, for, for the white, <laughs> the black. It just, it's like, so he's got no targets then. He just, blanket, yeah. just good for everyone. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so, I mean, we do Ryan, uh, Brooke, Adams. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, because we have this chance encounter with uh, our husband. Our husband's like campaigning and showing up in... Uh, it shows up at Walken's door and he's like, hey, I'm tutoring someone. Uh, I don't have time to listen to your spiel. <laughs> he's like, oh, can I give you like a, a brochure or something? And he's like, sure, yeah, whatever. And he's like, hey, honey, can you come and hand this man a leaflet, please? And up she walks and it's this awkward moment and he can tell the husband's uncomfortable. He's like, oh, she's talked about you a lot.
1: <laughs> you guys screwed, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: walking can be so smug when he wants to be as well i almost wish he went full uh, yeah
1: yeah i mean you could tell that she's been saying some real nice things about him
0: yes like
1: to the point where he the guy was her husband who should be secure well well,
0: we know otherwise i mean this is the thing like i mean if she's i mean presumably when she first spoke about him it was when he was still in a coma so therefore still considered essentially dead so she probably yeah. didn't hold back. She was probably, like, Oh yeah, I was in love with him. We were going to get married. It was a you know, I it was a perfect relationship. But you know, unfortunately he died. so now I'm here with you. Um so when he wakes up and he's walking around and talking and he's like, now he's an option again. Yeah, you, you get why he was. The would husband feel...
1: realizes, wait a second, I'm the rebound.
0: <laughs> this is the true love of her life. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Um but this leads because he actually starts crying and the kid, the, the rich guy's kid's there, and he's kind of like a Oh, look a little old friend for him, he, you know, you know yeah. walking hugs him, and, uh, it, at least, like, a, 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 you know, a, a premonition that's important, but it's actually quite a good scene before that, just, like, with him, like, because walking just breaks down, because he's, because he never wanted to meet this husband, he, he, that's, he didn't want to be part no. of this, he wanted to be far as away from this as possible, this is too hard, This and is it's still
1: very hard for him, yeah.
0: and it's no one's fault, it's just a h- awful situation for everyone involved, um, but then he gets the premonition that the kid is going to die uh, by falling through ice into, into a frozen lake. Um, yeah, you see
1: all, a bunch of kids going through the lake in hockey gear.
0: Yes. uh, And for a second, Tara thought she was uh, back in back in the home country. This is a
1: real fear that I used to have as a kid. Probably because of this movie. This movie and The Omen 2 or 3.
0: Oh, everyone had the icing, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, the one with the icing. I think it was 2. Um, Those both, like, Cause I grew up in a, I grew up in Canada where in an area called the Okanagan, which was just a big lake and then mountains surrounding the lake. And I lived on one of the mountains and the school bus would like go down a very steep hill in the winter, which was like six months of the year. And then just the, the frozen lake would be there all winter. So it was like a very real fear that I had that the bus would go over.
0: Yeah, this is that's something that uh, <laughs> like obviously it gets cold in the winter, but it doesn't get cold enough that anyone would ever consider going to like. I even mean, think the water freezes enough to, for it to even look like it, you can go on it, but no one would ever consider doing it. It's just not. Yeah, it doesn't get well, that cold. Well, that's
1: the thing. Even in the the lake, the lake was so big that it would it wouldn't freeze entirely, but like mm. most of the area around the shore would all be frozen, and further out, maybe like hundred feet.
0: Yeah, so this is this is something that in movies that are set and like you know you're minnesota area that kind of part of the america where they play hockey like oh let's go out in the lake and play hockey well like, i'm
1: sure this is maine
0: sure this is stephen
1: king doesn't he always write in maine
0: he does i'm pretty sure they mentioned it's Maine at one point yeah, yeah.
1: It's, probably, it's probably maine or uh, castle rock's or definitely in
0: maine yeah
1: yeah
0: so yes but yeah uh, so yeah the idea of going to the frozen lake is just such a alien thing to anyone who lives <laughs> here but um
1: yeah, well usually like kids play hockey on like a frozen pond.
0: Yeah. Not like a big lake. Yeah, so at least if they fall through it it's not deep enough to mm-hmm. <laughs> like like oh well I guess they're dead. Uh so walking goes around in fact probably walking standout performing moment of the whole movie when he's trying to convince the dad, because he's like, you know who I am. You, you've heard that I've predicted things and that I've, I've heard things. He's like, yeah, but I hired you as a teacher, which I actually thought was kind of a sweet point. He's like, no, I, I wanted you because I, mm-hmm. you're good at your job, not because you've got the. special I wasn't authority. trying to
1: exploit your yeah. <laughs> whatever that thing is.
0: Um, and walking gets so like wound up that he's not like listening to him about cancelling this hockey game, which is this afternoon. It's not even like it's in the distant future. It's like this afternoon, they're going out mm-hmm. for hockey practice. And he, like, smashes, like, a, like a glass bowl or something with his, with his cane. He just smashes it. He's like, the ice is going to break. And he's, he's really, you know, Christopher walking He was yeah. full walking. And it's... He's super it's, shouty. It's, it's, it's great. And he, <laughs> apolog, he apologizes for it afterwards. He's just, once, he's like, okay, you've agreed not to go on the ice, right? And it turns out he lies. But the kid believes him enough that the kid refuses to go. But the dad still takes the team. And then two mm-hmm. kids die um And walking tries to call him afterwards, and the kid picks up, but the dad's just sitting there like a zombie, just feeling horrible. Presumably, yeah. You could have listened to him. Um, but that's
1: the thing. Like, why would you? I yeah. I don't believe any psychics. <laughs> no, no,
0: I think that's fair. But I think if a psychic told you not to do something and then you did it anyway and it got two two kids killed, you probably yeah. would feel like absolutely like.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. You know, there it was a line from the doctor
1: like pretty early in the film also when he predict or when he's able to tell him that his mother's alive Mm. and then he finds out, he says you are either like have something new or like the oldest thing that a human can do, which I assume is like being a con artist or lying. Yeah. So it could just be the, the dad's like, look, you're a great teacher and you're perfect for my son. You're what he needs right now. But like this whole, I don't try to con me (laughs) with your premonition stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think what's interesting about it is that even though he was right, obviously this relationship is done because, like, yeah. Walken feels awkward talking to the kid. The dad clearly is just mortified by everything. So it still kind of ostracizes Walken's character from civilization. Yeah. Even though he was doing a good thing, even though he's trying to do the best thing for everyone at all times, he's yeah. still kind of separated because he's different now. And so it's, it's a kind of sad tragedy to the whole thing that he's got this burden. So even though ultimately, yeah, he's destined to do this great thing And I say great in the sense that it's going to save a lot of people, even though it's not a a pleasant thing. It's not uh, something that obviously he's going to be excited about. But uh, so...
1: There is a a trivia thing that I read also that I guess um, Cronenberg like shot a gun with blanks in it in (laughs) order to get him to do the flinching every time he touched somebody.
0: Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: so that the the jolting was real (laughs) from the gunshots. Americans. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Americans <laughs> <laughs> or Canadians? He's Canadian, I think, but still.
1: Yeah.
0: Still. One he, of my people. He went to he went to American made movies, so he's he was assimilated.
1: <laughs> he made movies in Canada first, right?
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah. Because Rab- I think
1: Shivers and stuff was all Cana- yeah, Canadian. Yeah,
0: ra- Robert ra- Rab- was definitely Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Shivers. May I've have seen that too. one. But um,
1: I didn't really care much for Rabbit. It was okay.
0: It's okay. Uh, I like Shivers more um it's, like, it's a really weird concept it's like uh it's like a sex disease where every like anyone who catches it just is like so horny they just try to like attack anyone who's like near them kind of thing mm-hmm. uh so but it works it works in the context of the movie it's a really interesting idea the idea of like like sexual or not sexually transmitted but like like a virus viral transmission of like rabid sex (laughs) hunger it's an interesting concept it's very Cronenberg but it works um anywho so he goes to this uh, little rally because literally there's a little park across his house is where this like town meeting's. where Martin Sheen's going to do speeches and whatnot and he's shaking everyone's hands and he's actually just looking for for uh Brooke Adams he's just like I think he just wants to see her but he ends up getting his hands shook by Martin Sheen and the vision he gets is like the diabolical <laughs> him pressing the nuke button. He's like hitting the hitting the nuke button. He's like, he's, I like, he's like the
1: little future like James Bond looking briefcase
0: with a hand scanner. How you
1: fire? You gotta <laughs> scan your hand, and then you have to get some other guy like I don't know. Well, some uh, general to pe- scan his.
0: I mean, he's only running for for senator right now, so it has to be at least a you know a number of years in the future before he becomes president. So right. I guess this was just their way of saying, oh, "Okay, so let's say this is another fifteen years out of the future before he's president, yeah. uh, or whatever." You know, we're going to just do a little bit of technology to make it feel futuristic. I love it. <laughs> yes, but he—he uh, he basically threatens the—I uh, don't know what the rank was. I think the guy he's a general. Was a general uh, to to scan his hand to confirm the nuke order, and then he, he goes the big red super button.
1: crazy too. I love
0: it. Oh, he it's starts yelling. Yeah. Uh, and this is you know, kind of where the movie really becomes what it's about and what it's been building up to. Because he, he goes to the doctor, who notably is German as well, uh, which I think is important for this. And he says, You know, oh, hypoth- he's Polish. Oh, he's Polish, sorry. Yeah. But, but the idea being during World War II, he, mm-hmm. you know, suffered and had to evacuate and all the rest of it. Um, but he asks him, If you could go back in time, you know, and it's this thing, if you could go back in time and kill Hitler, would you? You know? And obviously, he's not talking about time travel. He's sort of doing it from the perspective, which is if you know someone's going to eventually become Hitler, do you stop it? Do you step in and do whatever it takes, no matter how bad it is, yeah, to, to end it? Um, and it's funny, because you think the doctors go a different way with his speech, because you think he finally agrees to answer, and he's like, well, I'm a doctor. I took a, an oath to you know help people, heal people, save people. Uh, and you, so you think he's building up to, well, no, because I took an oath not to hurt anyone. But he builds up because he says no my oath was to save people so yeah absolutely i'd kill this son of a bitch yeah <laughs> like, of course i would <laughs> and i'm like yeah that's kind of a fair answer <laughs> um
1: even if it would mean like you're definitely not going to make it also
0: yeah and that's just uh, that's just to me where i think the the tone really comes back around where it's like to anyone else in the world he is going to appear to be this crazy person who tries to assassinate someone or maybe succeeds because we, you know, we don't know if he's going to succeed at this point uh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't succeed. He actually alters the future by trying to, but it's obviously through a different reason. Um, but you know him, like, getting the gun, cleaning it, you know, go, you know, traveling to where this this uh, little you know speech is going to be made, uh, going up into the balcony with his gun, you know, and getting ready to assassinate him. Like all of this, the, the build up to it, it, it has this really interesting feeling to it because you hear him the the letter that he's sending to a uh, Adams character, mm-hmm. and it all has this kind of feeling of like yeah no one is ever going to everyone's going to look at him like a crazy man who murdered someone and no one's ever going to understand what he helped prevent or cause and it it's kind of this and it's not that it's not that i think the point of the story is to like maybe suggest that oh someone who's done something like this in the past were they secretly saving the world and we just never knew about it but it's an interesting thought to think about that no one will ever know that they really actually saved the world everybody
1: considers the the hitler question at some point in their life right like would you do it would you kill hitler as a baby Exactly, if you can go back in time, it's like and obviously dude, I don't want to kill a baby.
0: <laughs> of course, not awful. But, but, but like
1: yeah, it's Hitler. So
0: <laughs> the, the 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 thing with the time travel argument though is is you 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 open this can of worms, but then it's like well yeah, but you have the the butterfly effect. So how much changes because we don't go through World War Two? How many things after you know did yeah. people did certain people yeah, ally the, final in the countdown same way? Yeah, question right. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because this is not this is before it happens. This is like mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen. And anyway, the doctor explains the dead zone, this idea of like this missing part where you can alter the future, you can alter what happens in the premonition. And yeah. this
1: is this is more of the minority report problem. Like if somebody is going mm-hmm. to commit a crime in the future, but you stop them before they do it, are they really a criminal because they didn't actually <clears throat> commit it? <laughs> There's that
0: there's yeah, there's a little bit of that um i mean i think it helps for us that we see him be an evil dick even before this oh, yeah, it's like, he's we, we, yeah we, we we know that he's never going to do anything good he, he is he's a bad person who's going to manipulate and so on and so on i so it's a really interesting dynamic for the movie to go down i, I think it's the most interesting kind of question that it starts to pose with its concept because i because i was really wondering like halfway through the movie like you know what's this really about ultimately like where, where is this going like because I, I was starting to think, oh, maybe he's going to get consumed with power. People are going to fear him. He's going to turn into a villain. You know, is this going to be more like a, almost like middle-aged man carry where he starts to go kind of evil and crazy because the world just won't accept who he is now? And that that could be saying a whole lot on its own. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's a very interesting dynamic. Um, but he tries to shoot him, of course. Uh, it's actually Brooke Adams' character who's there, who spots him and yells his name, which causes him to to miss, and essentially he is shot and falls to his death. But one of the things that happens here is that Martin Sheen picks up Brooke Adams' child, who's baby. like a baby, as and, a shield. Ho- <laughs> and holds it in front as a shield. And there's photographers Which who are is there, pretty low. yeah, photographers <laughs> who are there, capture this image. And when Martin Sheen comes over to ask him, who you know, like who are you? Why did you do this, or whatever. He just like grabs his hand and sees the new premonition, which is that Martin Sheen is going to commit suicide because his political career is ruined because there's a photo of him using a baby as a shield. It's a human
1: shield. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so even though he didn't uh, succeed in the assassination, although maybe by proxy technically he did because Martin Sheen is going to go and kill himself. So yeah. <laughs> arguably he kind of did an, a domino effect. He, kind of yeah, way. he
1: was able to change things.
0: But that's not the important part. The important part is that his political career is over and therefore he will never murder millions of people. And he says goodbye. So it's kind of this tragedy. It's this, it's this like heroic tragedy almost of him saving the world but basically accepting his own death and that he's never going to be with the woman that he wants to be with. He's never going yeah. to have anything. Uh, he has to accept that this is his end.
1: But at least he dies knowing that he was the, the hero of the world.
0: Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, You know, and she she does tell him that she loves him as he's dying and that's kind of the end of the movie, but You know, she she, will she ever really believe you know, she'll get the letter because it's like even like he explained it in the letter Exactly what he was doing. He just said you'll never I'm sorry (laughs) He just (laughs) she'll never understand So yeah, I think the the the, the movie kind of ultimately does get to a point where it feels Like real science fiction because it gets to this point where okay, so what are the, the moral implications of this choice Um, There's definitely a bit of spiritualism because it is obviously the only discussion that's ever had about where this comes from or what the point is, is the you know, the the words destiny, the words gift from God, things like that. But the idea of like, okay, this moral dilemma of of murdering this man who's going to murder millions of people if he doesn't. And we see see really clearly from the context of this, this premonition as well that it's, you know, it's unnecessary. That, that he is doing this out of spite, out of the wrong reasons. It's not like
1: yeah, yeah. There's there's people there telling him like we've we've reached a peaceful resolution. Like you don't need to, you don't need to do this. And he goes, like, I've already pushed the button. The nukes are on the air. Stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, he's gone mad.
0: Yeah. So it, I I think that's that's where the movie gets super interesting. Uh, up until that point, it's a it's a fascinating exploration of like how this man. It, but I don't think the premonitions were. As much of the focus of the movie as I was expecting, bizarrely. Mm-hmm. Because the movie does kind of like, at times, sort of leave them and have him, like, you know, start teaching again and things like that. It, it does slow down and let it let his character grow.
1: Yeah, it's just it's mostly just about him dealing with this new ability in different scenarios and how it's affected his life.
0: Yeah, and uh, how he kind of finds meaning out of something. He's obviously early on when he's told he's been given this gift. Uh, I expect mm-hmm. it's the sheriff who says that to him he gets really upset and says, you know, I I, I was dealt a shitty hand by God. I, I was I was hit by an 18-wheeler or whatever it was. And, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, I, you know, I was in a coma. The person I love is with someone else. Like, I like I got the worst hand ever. Um, But ultimately, that's kind of why he's kind of a hero, in, in a sense, mm-hmm. because despite all of that, he still wants to save everyone when the, the opportunity is presented with him. He still goes to do the right thing. Um, yeah. He has a moment of bitterness, and anyone would given what he's went through but once he sort of collects himself he does try to help and do the right thing you know
1: yeah i was thinking um when this movie was added to the list like i didn't really think it was very sci-fi because it is to me always been like a supernatural mm-hmm. movie but i suppose the ending we do get a little bit of future tech <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it's not just the future it's, it's it's the moral dilemma that he's given yeah uh, and try to alter the future. That I think mm-hmm. puts it into sci-fi, too. and the fact that we would say, I mean, not every episode of Twilight Zone is strictly science fiction, but I do think that it feels like a like a good episode of Twilight Zone.
1: Uh, yeah, I would agree with that.
0: But with obviously a lot more character development because you've got almost two hours instead of mm-hmm. twenty-five minutes to do the thing. But uh, yeah, and walking's very memorable. It's a good movie. It's it's not like it doesn't feel like you know Cronenberg's biggest movie by any means i can i can kind of see why this slipped through my cracks in a weird way mm-hmm. Uh, obviously it was a staple on tv and stuff but because i missed it i can kind of see why i, I it never it was never one that was recommended enough to go and t- seek out. it was never on the top of the best of list to go and make sure you watch uh it was yeah, always kind of on the periphery uh but i am glad i watched it it was nice to see a few of the faces that are in here uh mm-hmm. especially karen allen because i like her a lot and yeah,
1: even the guy who played the father of the boy like was very familiar to me, but I didn't really look him up I don't know. Who
0: he is. I did not He had great great eyebrows. He he did look familiar to me as well If I'm gonna click on him. Oh, he was in something we watched recently if that yeah, he was in the Omega man Okay, so there you go uh, Much later in life. He was in the matrix reloaded of all things So we'll be seeing that him again because
1: I, I remember <laughs> him. I remember the eyebrows, but I remember them being white <laughs> sure. <laughs> is was yeah. he the main villain in the Omega Man? Math, Matthias or something?
0: Oh, I don't... Uh, he is, yeah. Yeah, Matthias. Matthias. Good memory.
1: Well, it wasn't that long ago. We watched it. Joe, oh.
0: uh, you know, I, I saw his credits stopped at 2016, and I thought, oh, maybe he passed away. But he's actually not died yet. He's just, I guess, yeah, enjoying his... I hope
1: he's uh, enjoying his indoor time. Yes, yeah, his little yeah, years. Indoors. <laughs> yes, the indoors.
0: indoors. Um, but uh, he's, uh, he's having a, uh, enjoying his later years. He's actually got one thing in pre- t- pre-production, I tell a lie. But his last thing before that was 2016. And they were, mm-hmm. they were kind of sparse. He's only got a couple of things. He seemed to stop working regularly around 2004. So, you know, fair play. And, enjoy he wasn't his... in
1: Star Trek Insurrection, was he?
0: <laughs> oh, let me scroll down to nineteen ninety. He is! Okay, that's stop. where I know that's I'm right. from. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed now you didn't immediately say he's from Star Trek. He's a,
1: he's... <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew his face. I'm like, oh, okay, I remember the white eyebrows. I don't think it was the Matrix that I was thinking of. I remember the uh, the uniform he was wearing.
0: And he's also an episode of Tales from the Crypt that I did with Tim, as well as an episode of Frasier, which I definitely saw at some point. So, yeah, he's, po- <laughs> he's been around. He's popped up. He's a that guy. Yeah. Oh, What's he's actually—he's in, in a really famous episode of *Twilight Zone*. Actually, he's in the in—he's in, he's in one of the the, the uh, stories that was also in the original movie, which is the blind men one
1: of *Twilight Zone*.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, I, *Tales, Tales you... from the Crypt*. *Tales from the Crypt*. Sorry. Okay. Did I say *Twilight Zone*? I meant *Tales from yeah. the Crypt*. Because well, I'm talking to you. We talk about *Twilight Zone*. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Uh, his name. You guys uh... haven't
1: done the uh, *The Tales from the Crypt* movie.
0: Yeah, movies. we did. With *The, with the Devil with it. Blood*. No, 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 that one. We did the original Tales from, Grey, which is way before because we did that before the show because it was before because oh, it was. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because it was made in the seventies. Never mind. And at least two of those stories showed up as episodes in the show later, which the one he was in was.
1: Mm, okay. So. You really should do Bordello of Blood and uh, Demon, Demon Night.
0: We'll get. We'll get them. Tim wants them to too. It, it's like he's on paternal leave. Okay, it's going to be a little while.
1: Well. In celebration of his return and his new child of <laughs> <I'm laughs> g- blood and Demon Knight are on the menu.
0: I I am already giving him Leprechaun back in the hood as his returning gift. I, I, uh let's not get not say <laughs> the actor's name is Anthony Zerbe. or Zerbi, maybe. Uh mm-hmm. so
1: Great Eyebrows.
0: <laughs> very good eyebrows, yes, very impressive. Uh so no. Uh it, it, I enjoyed the movie. It was good. I, I, I think uh, it feels like the, it kind of ha- has a almost Cronenberg feeling, but it obviously does not go to Cronenberg levels in almost any way. Uh,
1: no, not really.
0: Um, which is fine. That's not a big deal. Uh,
1: it has a good atmosphere, though, which I think you know, a good director can achieve.
0: I mean, hell, my favorite Cronenberg movie is A History of Violence, which arguably doesn't really have any Cronenbergs. It's just a really well-made movie. So.
1: mm mm-hmm. I disagree.
0: You may disagree all you want, but wait. Make sure you're not thinking of Eastern Promises because you've made this mistake before. Where you've accused. No, I have
1: seen. I haven't seen Eastern Promises. I saw. uh, (laughs) I saw that greasy sex scene. (laughs) Okay, you saw a clip. It was
0: so weird. You saw a clip of the naked fight. Okay.
1: No, I've no no no. I'm talking about a history of violence. No, you're not. I've seen the film.
0: What what what? Naked? There's no greasy fight, naked fight scene in that film. There's
1: no fight scene. It's just a sex scene, and it's gross. Oh, sexy.
0: Oh yes, there's a sex <laughs> scene in it. But there's a naked fight scene at Easter Promises, where vigo has got his wang flapping around.
1: Yeah, I, I know. It's on my Excel spreadsheet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I, I really enjoy a history of violence, but that's not sci-fi, so we never have to argue about yeah. that. So it's fine. We yep. can put it to the and side. And
1: Cronenberg is uh, Star Trek now he's been in discovery season three
0: yes and he was wasted and they did nothing with him but
1: <laughs> they did something with him
0: he was there yelling one scene in the finale it was like what's the point he was there for george o's plot the poor man got like carted out to like whatever they shoot that show maybe All
1: he's on... just a fan
0: maybe he is he probably is he, and that's why he's what, got good
1: uh, look you know
0: I, I, th- I think he's, he saw his son's new film and he went, you know what? I've messed my son up. He's making really deranged stuff. I'm just going to go and be in Star yeah. Trek because that sounds like fun.
1: I need something <laughs> wholesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but yeah, that's the Dead Zone. I guess we're going to uh, rate the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, what, what do you want to give the Dead Zone out of 10?
1: I really like this movie. Uh, I find it very enjoyable and I think it's a really great performance from Christopher Walken. So... I'm gonna give it a seven point five.
0: Yeah, I was actually thinking the same score. Uh, I think it's just, it's just shy for me of the great, which is where kind of I think of like an eight and up uh, is sort of. If being. we'd
1: gotten some brutal deaths, I think <laughs> a little bit more brutality, and it would have been. Uh, I, I yeah, think if eight. we had
0: if we had the real Karen Allen and not some knockoff, uh, <gasps> maybe. <laughs> maybe. I like Brooke Adams.
1: Just looking at that Terrence Malick movie.
0: I, I'm just cracking jokes because I think it's so funny that she looks identical to Karen Allen. She's, she's perfectly fine. Like, I have no problems with her. Um, but, yeah, that's not... Yeah, you know, I, I think... But uh, performances is good. And it's one that may even grow on me in time the more I see it. But I think it's a really solid movie, as mm-hmm. it is. It, can, it kind of falls in similar quality to me to a lot of the 70s movies we've done in 70s months where I think it's kind of on that Yeah. range of the better end of that stuff, so... Uh,
1: yeah, but it
0: is an 80s movie. It's an 80s movie. Yes It I'm
1: does just feel co- kind of 70s,
0: but yeah I'm just movie. I'm just comparing it because it, it reminds me of them a little bit Uh, all right. What uh, what would we usually do now? Oh, yes, yeah, so if you we, do uh, next then? we don't usually do that immediately, but uh, we could do that first if you want, uh I hope i have actually said that <laughs> But as a go to look at the schedule, this is what this is why you don't spring it on me You let me like build up to it. So I I'm, thought
1: like... I thought you were asking me what we do next <laughs>
0: No, no, what we'll do I do next? The keyword's the next thing, but you've asked me about it. So we're doing, it. We're doing what's, what's coming next now. Okay. <laughs> uh, next time on the show, we are doing a film called Death Watch that I know next to nothing about. Tara found it on Criterion channel and said we should do this. Oh, yeah,
1: there's
0: Harvey Keitel's in that. Harvey Keitel, yes. Another classic actor the next right. episode. I don't uh,
1: know anything about this movie. I mean, no. I read the synopsis and it sounded like a movie for us.
0: Sure. But yeah, we we have no idea if it's going to be any good, if it's a turd or whatever. <laughs> it's on the so.
1: Criterion app right now. It's not a Criterion film. It's just on the app.
0: Yes. There's a, there's a bit of a distinction there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's what's coming next time. And that is episode 99, which is important because the one after it.
1: Yeah. we in triple special. digits.
0: Triple digits. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So, yes, uh, what, what I usually do after the ratings is tell you if you made it this far in the review <laughs> you can go you can go to the comment section on YouTube and put in the word knock off Karen Allen <laughs> right, <What>? that phrase <laughs> put in knock off Karen Allen in the comments I disapprove. This is what you do Or you uh, can put
1: Brooke Brooke Adams, her real name
0: Don't give them competing keywords for the comments you'd start a civil war (laughs) don't don't say things like that not right now (laughs) um so so, yes um uh nothing particularly notable i don't think in the uh the imdb user reviews that i like to always glance at and see if there's anything funny um i feel like this is a one of these movies it's just you know it's been obviously around for a long time a lot of good high I'm reviews sure people for just it.
1: generally like it yeah like, yeah it's pretty good watch it
0: it'd be nice if i could like click in a filter and like go to like, the one star reviews and see what they're saying
1: i'm surprised you can't
0: uh maybe i've just not found the uh the thing oh wait hold on hold on hold on. show all one star okay i've just never thought about doing it before uh there's two one star reviews damn out of Hundreds.
1: <laughs> they probably just really like Martin Sheen's character.
0: Uh, uh. You know I'm just going to read this first one because I want to see what they say about this. All right, so this is a one-star review from rumpelstiltskin one from 2005. <laughs>
1: well, we can't.
0: <laughs> we can't trust this man's opinions we can't like.
1: trust the rump
0: <laughs> the rump uh, all i can say to you would be buyers do not buy this film there is nothing to look forward to in this film no mystery suspense drama romance action or anything else it, i was very well, disu- there's no
1: action but literally has all the rest of that stuff
0: in there <laughs> i was very disappointed with this film since most adaptations from novels to films are great to watch uh i feel like the the average is actually on the other end of the spectrum but all right what, what, what do you say <laughs> Spe- especially from this time period uh yeah this one however was a shocker i genuinely could not wait for the credits to come up and go to bed <laughs> i'm also at a loss of the words to why this film has an r rating where there's virtually no violent sex or swearing there's literally boobs we talked about boobs in a violent yeah. murder scene what <laughs> what do you want uh and then he complains that there's no extras in the dvd so whatever um so. This
1: guy sounds like a real Dreamcatcher fan. <laughs> That's a horrible, horrible Stephen King adaptation, which uh-huh. is sci-fi, so we will do it.
0: Yeah, and, and then uh, the, I won't read the whole second one, but the end of it says, "Walking doesn't save this movie as there's no movie to speak of to be saved.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: These people are really upset. Yeah. Really upset. Joe, you know I'm glad I can do that because we're, we're basically just always going to look at the one-star reviews now. <laughs> that's going to be the section one star reviews on imdb let's see what they say there's so
1: many reviews that have zero stars just because it, i guess hmm. you could write reviews before they they gave a star system yeah on imdb they tend to well, be interest- over
0: reviews yeah interesting. you can't filter those we can't pick that mm-hmm. so interesting uh there you go uh that's all that so uh, at this point of the show uh, i will remind you once again patreon.com slash mail supporters. we can support Uh, for some monies, get some bonus episodes, get some stuff early want to have a look and see if you're interested Uh, and of course uh, hit the like and subscribe buttons get us on twitter at mailed underscore fudge for channel updates Tara, would you like to promote anything that uh, else we do? Uh, maybe Uh, something that you can hold up, some visual media to represent as you talk about it?
1: you mean this photo of man with the hair?
0: yes it's very tall hair. Yes, this very tall is, uh...
1: hair. Sorry about the reflection. It's being protected until I get a frame. This is a uh, Garrett Graham, who is the star of the one episode of the show.
0: <laughs> I was going to say the star of Babylon That's a bit of a stretch. The star of Babylon. He's definitely Five. the star
1: of season one of Babylon Five.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Uh, a character named Londo has something to say about that. Well,
1: he has better hair than Londo. <gasps> <gasps>
0: i can't believe you would say such a thing
1: anyway so yeah uh we're reviewing babylon 5 right now we're in season one we're almost at the end maybe we are at the end by the time this goes up i'm not sure probably not no but uh <laughs> go go check that out
0: this is going out within a week <laughs> do you think we're going to get through the rest of this season in a week
1: <laughs> i don't know maybe you'll be bored one day
0: Just close okay. out
1: the season we're almost done with season th- season one yeah we've got we got a handful of like three or four episodes
0: uh, 19, 21, 22, yeah, four. Yeah, four. So, yeah. There you go.
1: Still uh, time to catch up.
0: I can't believe that betrayal saying that Garrett Graham's is better here in Londo. That is a worse betrayal than uh, Karen Allen <laughs> in this movie cheating He's on her glorious. husband with a coma patient. <laughs>
1: oh, the Ace logo. And it's autographed.
0: <laughs> <gasps> She's so proud. Can you tell that arrived today? <laughs> yesterday <laughs> or yesterday yes. that was the first time we've recorded since it arrived though is the point look, yeah, look at, look at my thing look at my Garrett Graham yeah look at it alright thank you very much He apparently he is now the patron saint he is going to be you know like in this very movie there is a photo of Reagan behind uh, yeah. the desk at one point <laughs> that'll
1: be my presidential plaque yes
0: this, this, is, this is the AC's presidential plaque it is Garrett Graham in a frame <laughs> with his, with his Centauri here from Babylon 5
1: I'm
0: glad I'm able to contribute. I uh, c- really my it commentary
1: isn't
0: enough. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, don't be harsh to yourself. Everyone, tell Tara she's great in the comments. Right? No, I, shut up. I encourage no, Tell I'm not Tara, fishing. Tara, Tara, she's great, and she she is. Uh, Just
1: tell me you love my Gary Grant picture.
0: Delightful presence on this show. <laughs> encourage her, please, in the comments. Thank you very much. It's right.
1: so different from how you talk to to Connor.
0: <laughs> you can be mean to me, and definitely be mean to Connor, right? That's that's that goes without saying. <laughs> Thank you very All much right. for joining us. Good this.
1: night,
0: everyone. I was ju- I was literally you interrupted the actual. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a delay.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I like to think that you pretend the delay is worse than it actually is, so you get away with intentionally interrupting me. I'm convinced of it
1: hey, you're a long ways away.
0: Hmm. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We will see you next week for that's fairly unknown movie starring Harvey Cattell. Um, look forward to stuff coming up. But uh, that is this. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer. Needs more salsa.
1: Up his ass. <laughs>